Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Uh, we're going to go ahead now and get quickly into our Q&A time. We debuted this, uh, the last Breakfast Club, which happens every other month. And the idea behind it is, is that I ask our congregation to send out questions to me that maybe they're questioning about their faith. It could be a question about the Bible. It could be a question about their, their faith. It could be, why does, what does God say about this? Or what does the Bible say about this? Or how, how should I respond to this? And so um, some of the questions that I've been getting, one of them, particularly last time, was a pretty deep theological question, which was, why is there a difference in the tone of God in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament? So it seems like there was a difference, and we talked about that. Well, this week, the question is, again, a pretty deep theological question. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't expect anything else from our church. We have some deeply uh, intellectual individuals, analytical individuals, people who like to think and ask questions. Let me just say that I love it. I love it because what it says to me is that you're actually asking questions about your faith. You're seeking out answers for your faith. You're not just taking everything at face glance or at first glance. You want to know something and you want to wrestle with it. And I think that's great. So the question that was brought up to, uh, to me this time that I thought I would answer is this. If God is gracious and good, why do bad things happen to good people? If God is gracious and good, why do bad things happen to good people and vice versa? And my very simplistic response that's going to kind of shape everything else today is this, is that because we live in an in-between, okay? Why do bad things happen to good people and vice versa? And my very simple answer is that we live in the in-between. Now, before we kind of discuss what that really means, there are three kind of considerations that I feel like need to be kind of discussed really very briefly before I kind of get into what I mean by the in-between. The first is this, is that when somebody asks this question, why do bad things happen to good people, is usually birthed out of a place of pain and out of emotion. We'll see uh, something on the news or a friend is struggling or is dealing with something painful, maybe a disease or someone has passed away or in a, in a circumstance, maybe a coworker or a friend that you know has dealt with something um, painful or difficult. That's when we find ourselves most often asking this question, right? It's not like I'm having a great day and all of a sudden I'm wondering this deep existential question of why do bad things happen to good people. It's normally birthed out of a place of pain or out of emotion. That's the first thing we have to consider. The second thing is that really my best understanding of the cause itself doesn't really satisfy that pain or that emotion. Because what I'm going to say today is my best understanding of what I've read from God's word, of what I understand about life and what I've experienced. But the reality is, is that, is that the answer itself will not fully satisfy the emotion or the pain that drives the question in the first place. And so we have to be honest about that and be real about that. It doesn't mean it's not true, but we have to also know that, that the answer doesn't always alleviate the pain that comes with it, at least not initially. And the third thing is that there is a greater picture that we need to focus on. So we're going to talk about the root of it, what causes this problem, but at the same time, there is a greater picture outside of it. So that situation that's causing you to ask this question is very real. But at the same time, there is something greater, something bigger happening. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, myself included, in the days ahead, in the years ahead, when things will come our way, to look at the, bitter, the bigger picture. So there are two parts to my answer. 
The first is the root of the problem, and the second is the greater picture that we're going to talk about. So why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the reason is this, is this is my understanding, is that all of creation is falls under a curse because of sin, okay? So, so you may be sitting here today, and you're going to say to yourself, well, I don't really believe that the Bible is true, or I don't know that I believe that, that the Bible is completely true. I don't know what I think about sin. I don't know what I think about. And I would say to you, that's fine. And you're okay to sit here and you're fine to sit here. We have a saying around here where we, we want to say you can belong before you believe. And that's all right. But what I believe in my life is that the Bible is true. And at least in its minimums of its, of its principles. And what I have seen in life and what the Bible teaches is that all of creation falls under a curse because of sin. And what that means is that we are alienated from God. And thus we are psychologically alienated within ourselves. So we experience things like shame. We experience things like fear. But the same is true is that we're also socially alienated. So, and we can all see this, right? Everywhere we go, there's just an awkwardness between us and people. Whether it be your family members, whether it be coworkers, whether it be people on the street, whether it be racially, ethnically, we are socially alienated from other people. Naturally speaking, it is not our natural tendency to connect with someone deeply. That is something we have to be intentional about. But we're also physically alienated from creation itself. So now we experience things like sorrow. We experience things like painful work. We experience physical degeneration and death. These are all signs of the curse. And the ground itself is cursed so that all life degenerates. We see everything, plants, animals. We see rock degrading. We see everything on earth degenerates, right? This is not a surprise to us. We see this everywhere. But since the garden, or the story of the garden, we live in a world full of suffering. We live in a world full of disease and poverty and racism and natural disasters and war and aging and death. All of these things happen around us. And it all stems from God's curse on the world and shines light on our deepest problems that we are no longer connected to our creator and that we need rescued. This is the crux of the problem, the root of our problem. All human problems are simply symptoms to the greater problem, which is that our separation is from God. Our separation from God is a curse. We are, we are broken people because we chose to do something long ago, and every human being deals with this. And whether you believe in the idea of sin or not, have you never done anything wrong in your life? Has a single person in this room never lied to anyone? never stolen something, never been angry at anyone, never hit anyone, never done anything. And I'm talking all the way back to when you were two or three years old or one. I mean, every one of us, right? So there is something inside of each one of us that causes us to be obviously not what we want to be. And the Bible calls that sin. And the reason for all the misery we experience in life, the reason for the curse, the effects of the curse is that we are not reconciled to God. So why do bad things happen to good people? It's because we live in a fallen world where no one is immune to its effects. Nobody's immune to its effects. We live in this in-between space, the space between the curse and the cure. The Bible tells us that Jesus comes and Jesus came to give us a way back to our creator so that we don't have to be separated anymore, that we don't have to be controlled by our sin. So, so he's the cure to our problem but because I still live in this world where there are all sorts of people who aren't connected to God, I'm going to experience that pain. 
I mean, think about people who work in a hospital. Think about nurses and doctors. How many times have you heard of stories of nurses and doctors getting sick while they're working on someone who was already sick at the hospital? It happens because those people have health. They have medicine. They've got technology. But the person who they're working with doesn't. And they can sometimes contract that. Things happen to them. It's the same thing in our world. And it doesn't help the situation that we feel like it's still painful. God, you're good. God, you're loving. But why is it that, that, that my good friend who didn't appear to have done anything wrong is suffering with cancer? Why does it appear that this person's home was broken into and, and that happened there? Why was my car stolen? I didn't do anything to deserve that. All of these things are legitimate questions, but they don't have anything to do with whether God is picking and choosing, allowing it to happen. The reality is we live in a world that has fallen and that other people's choices affect us. Other things affect us. The, the fall of man, the curse that we live under, the degeneration of life affects every person and no one is immune to it. We are in between the curse and the cure. But you also have to remember that bad things happen to bad people too. Oftentimes we think about when we see someone who's good and they're suffering, we go, God, where are you? But then we don't remember that there are plenty of people who are mean, selfish, evil people who are also having problems with their own life, things that are happening to them too. Bad things happen to good and the bad alike, and the good happens to the good and the bad alike. So that brings us to the greater picture. It brings us to the greater picture. So we obviously see there's a root of this problem, that we live in this world where just we're surrounded by suffering, and we live in a world that is fallen and separated from God by default. But the good news is that there's a greater picture, is that Jesus came, is that God has promised to restore all of creation, and that we actually see that it's coming back to his original intent, and that process of restoration is actually already happening. So, so I would say the other side of this is true as well. Why do good things happen to bad people? Why is it, like, none of us ask that question. Nobody, you know, nobody's wondering, you know, why, why the good things are happening to myself or even to other people who don't seem like they deserve it. But the answer to that question is because God loves all of creation, not just the good people. God loves everyone. God sent Jesus for all people, not just the ones who are nice and play well together. Plays, plays well together. Goodness in this world is a reflection of God's image operating subconsciously within us. So there are people out there who don't know Jesus who still do nice things for people, right? I mean, you've seen, you know, all sorts of acts of kindness taking root in people who don't even know Christ, right? But the reason for that is because I believe that God created all of humanity in the image of himself. That's what the Bible tells us, that every person is a reflection of God's nature. Every person has the capacity for goodness and for love. But every person also, because of sin, has the capacity for great evil. So even though when I'm going about my life, if I don't know Christ, good things can happen or I can do good things for people because of the image of God operating in my life. So again, we live in this space of the in-between, of the curse on our life and the cure. We're in between it. Both happen all the time because we're not in a perfect world. And Jesus Christ is a huge step in restoring of the creation. He is reconciling all of creation back to himself, and he's changing life person by person by person. We see it happening. We see people who are brought from death to life. We see people who are being uh, broken from, from, from addictions. We're seeing people who are, who are coming away from these things and are finding new life in Jesus, and they're finding that the God created them for something more than selfishness and death and destruction and broken relationships. 
And so the greater picture, there is the root of the problem, but the greater picture that we need to focus on is that we are living in the middle of a rebooting process of the earth so that both of them exist at the same time. We have to understand that, yes, it is so difficult. Right now, I'm feeling the pain of this situation. God, why would you allow this to happen? Because we want to say that person was so good, that person was so loving, and it's true. They may be good and they may be loving, but they're still living in a fallen world and have to deal with the effects of of, of sin and its toll on the earth. If I'm, if I'm in a puddle, if I'm in like a lake and I'm sitting here and I'm just, I'm like a, I'm a little, like a raft sitting in the lake and I'm not moving anywhere, I'm not doing anything, but someone throws a rock in the pond, that ripple will reach me whether I did anything or not. And that's the reality of the world that we live in. But God promises us that when Christ returns that he will restore everything. And that's why I love the book of Revelation. In Revelation 21, and it says, and every tear will be wiped away. There will be no more sadness, no more death. There will be no more pain, no more suffering. And this is true. And so we'll go back to the beginning of what I said. It's that the emotion of the moment, of the pain and the suffering that we're dealing with, this answer probably doesn't help you feel any better. And in some ways, you go, it still doesn't feel fair. And it might be true, and I'm not at all trying to, to, to eliminate how you feel emotionally. But the reality is that we have two separate parts of our brain. The amygdala in our brain controls all of the emotion, but the prefrontal cortex controls your analytical, your thinking, your rationality. And they both operate at different times. So I understand why you're feeling the emotion, but you can't, you can't, it doesn't solve your problem. Okay? And that makes sense. And I'm not trying to solve the emotion. All I'm trying to help you do is that when that emotion dies down a little bit, you can wrestle with this concept, this idea, and maybe it gives you some thoughts so that the next time you see a situation like that, you run it through the filter of your new, your new foundational knowledge that, I'm, that, I've, that, I've, that I've given you. You see what I'm trying to say? I hope this helps. Um, sometimes you ask some really deep theological questions or some deep cultural philosophical questions, and they're awesome, and I will try to answer them the best that I can. But uh, all of this stuff is just living it out, just living it out in life. And I'm going to go from the best that I know how to give. And if anyone wants to talk about this or would like to talk about it further, you know, personally, privately, um, or maybe you can get a group of people together, I'm happy to do that. Um, one of our big values here is exploring faith. We want, and I say that, you can belong before you believe. So maybe you just completely disagree with what I said today. Let's talk about it. Um, that's the whole point of this. We're all on a journey together. But I hope this helped you guys. Um, so take it for what you will. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.